everybody welcome back to another episode of pure speculation from strugglestate.com i'm your host zach hayes joined as always by my co-host phil hayes so what's up phil let's get into it today's topic in the article that i found online is the 68 trillion dollar transfer of wealth in america is evaporating amid this pandemic crisis that doesn't sound cool it's i'll tell you something right now phil it's not cool and part of the reason why it's not very cool is because this is something that is going to affect us long term us being a younger generation this is something that is currently affecting the boomers but this trickle down effect is what's going to really affect gen x millennials and uh gen z to come yeah i think this this right here at least from the articles that we've done in the past this was the one that scared me the most i think because of like the long-term effects that it can have you're scared you're a little terrified here scared of this one yeah well, you know, breaking down some of the numbers, they, they give it to us right out the gates. 25% drop in number of baby, baby boomers who said they are self-employed or own their own business. And that's since this in the second quarter. Um, and this has significant repercussions on the economy, considering that baby boomers own half of privately held businesses with employees in the U.S., which basically equates to 2.34 million businesses with 24.7 million employees and 5.1 trillion dollars in sales. That's a lot of dollars. That's a lot of dollars. But what is going on here is that the older generation nearing retirement was not prepared for this economic downturn. They did not have an exit strategy in place for their businesses. They were not willing to see the writing on the wall. And I think it's one of those, we all kind of think that it's not going to happen to us when we need it or when we, when, when we need it most, I guess. Right. You hope. Think, think about like the, the recession in 2008 didn't have a huge effect on me personally. I'm 35 years old now. I was, right. uh, that was 12 years ago. So I was in my early twenties when that happened. And it's like, well, I don't need the money now. So what difference does this, this downturn in the economy really mean to me? It really just presents opportunity more so than, uh, than a loss. And we'll get into some of those opportunities down the road because they also touched on that in the article. But when you, it's going to eventually happen to you at some point when you are yeah. closer to the age of retirement, and it's really going to affect how you can, uh, how you can navigate through your wages and your retirement accounts, and 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 so on and so forth. Yeah, because it seems like a lot of these boomers were in a situation where, like, you know, they were close to retirement but not quite there yet, and it's like when you get hit with the pandemic like this, it's like. What, what are you supposed to do? It caught everybody off guard. So therefore it's like, well, I guess I'm going to get out now, sell my business kind of and, and retire. And I think, you know, a lot of people had to do that prematurely and that is where things get dicey. 
Yeah, and and I think a lot of this too, Phil. We were looking at it thinking this this shutdown was only going to last a couple months, right? Yeah. We're starting to see the the effects of what a long-term shutdown really really means because I don't know about you, but I don't think that there's enough people talking about the long-term effects of this. And, and I've been saying this from, from the beginning yeah. and you know, the delays, uh, the, the forbearance on the mortgages, people falling behind in rent. And now we're coming to a, pl- a point now where we're seeing an upswing in cases where a lot of yep. people are talking about, um, new shutdowns being rolled out. So this is something that, that could be the, 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 the dagger, that puts us out of our misery because we just can't hold on much longer. And like you said, Phil, they're looking to get out now because what's going to, they, they need to do something. They need to sell their business, but you know, they have to do that at large discounts. There's not, and there's not not a lot of interest from younger generations to take advantage of something like this. And that presents a problem as well. So not only are you selling at at a discount, you, your market, the people who are interested in buying your business has dwindled because less than 2% of millennials reported being self-employed compared to 7.6% of Gen X and 8.3% of boomers. It's, it's, you could look at it as some of these boomers and, and Gen X are taking over businesses at an older age. You know, they put their time into the corporate world and then they decided they yeah. wanted to spin off and start something else. But that number, especially as the millennials are getting older now, I mean, millennials are approaching, you know, the age 40. Yeah, exactly. So it's not the young kids that everybody, you know, was, was kind of claiming them to be, you know, uh, 10 years ago when everybody was mad at the millennials for some reason. <laughs> right. um, now they're mad at uh, the, the Gen Zers who are saying, okay, boomer. But I think it's a little bit more of a, a less of a desire to participate in the rat race. Yeah, I, I don't think that a lot of younger folks right now are looking to do that. They don't want to own their own business. They don't want the headaches of having employees under them and having to pay, uh, be responsible for the bill paying and all that good stuff. And I, I think I don't think it's going to get any better. I think you're going to see more of a downswing because yeah. I, I just don't see it. I, I a lot of people I talk to even like. They, they don't want to. And especially when something like this happens, this pandemic, people see what the worst case scenario is and they don't want to deal with that. These, these are people who you're talking about business-wise who have been building their businesses for 20, 30, 40 years. And, right. and if I'm looking at this from a, from a standpoint of the younger generation, I'm saying, why do I want this? Why is this my path forward, especially when there's so many opportunities? And, and I'm saying this as a, as a small business owner, right. you know, I, by yeah. the time I eventually retire, I will probably have put in about 40 or 50 years into my business, which yeah, is a exactly. long, long time, but it is. there's opportunity out there for the younger generation to do, uh, to participate in what's called the gig economy or, or to do more freelance work or to, yeah. uh, really focus on, uh, what, what they're passionate about as opposed to, uh, working 70, 80 hours a week. There was a, there was a woman in here who was basically saying I'm working 350 days a year. Bottom line. That's how much I'm working to put into my business. And she's one of those people now who's looking to get out and sell at a vast discount. But this is going to translate to a lot of different things down the road. And, And we've talked about that on pure speculation before, because, what does, what else does that mean? That means that boomers are going to be looking to get out of their homes soon too. Yeah. And we are flooded, especially in where, where we're at in, in Northern Macomb County, Michigan, where we are at the amount of subdivisions and 
uh, homes that are being built uh, at, at a price range of, I would say on average, 350 to 550 is probably your average yeah, cost so. of getting into a subdivision, which will put you on about an acre or less and anywhere between, you know, 2,200 square feet to 3,500 square feet as far as your home size goes. Now, we're, we're surrounded by new builds, but we're also surrounded by an older generation who's looking to pop out. And they didn't right. talk about this in the um, in the article so much, but but I've, I've always kind of equated these two things. You've got to look at your your home as kind of like an investment, right? Definitely. So so it's almost like its own small business. You know what I mean? You're 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 making sure you keep up on things. You're making improvements as you go along. Like I think if you if you own a home and you're ma- making it as an investment tool, then then you're kind of treating it as a small business. It, yeah. it, it, there's no if ands or buts about that. So on, much like the the other things. They're going to look at it and say, okay, maybe now I can get out of my house because yep. this is something that hasn't taken a hit in the market. Your house is still Not worth yet, a lot no. more than it was, but who is going to buy it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I really do think that a lot of these subdivisions that are going up, I think within like 15, 20 years, I think they're going to be like ghost towns. They're going to be like relics where nobody, nobody's going to live in those giant houses anymore. These the younger kids want to, they want to downgrade on their, uh, like their living situations. And they want to have those experiences that I know we've, you know, I, we've, me and you have talked about personally before. So it's like, I don't see those homes, the, especially anything over like 300,000, I think is just going to sit down the road. Yeah. And that's even with, with money being very cheap to borrow, which is really the only thing that's propped up the housing market, as well as the opportunity for people to purchase these businesses, which there is some great opportunity out there right now. Yeah. But Phil, I tend to agree with you um, because I think you're also going to see in, in combination of the subdivision mentality kind of going away, we're looking at, you know, office buildings everywhere that are going to have to be converted into something. And what I think they're going to be converted into is, is single dwelling, um, uh, lofts and apartments. I mean, you're going to have this space that people are not coming back to. No, it's, it's very scary as far as that goes, because I really do think that a lot of those office buildings, people can't pay their bills. And especially too, if we do have another shutdown along the way, which I think we will, when the weather starts getting a little colder, I think it's just gonna, the COVID's going to run rampant again. And it's like, I guess who's back afraid back (laughs) again, shutdowns back. That's right. Tell your friends, but I hope not. But we've got this situation where there's there. I think there's going to be a shift in the way we 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 sell the new American dream. I think so too. It's going to be work less, work in the gig gig economy. Not as much of an emphasis on the family structure or the family unit. We've seen people. It used to be what three and a half kids was the average family. Yeah. Now I think it's dropped to about two and a half, which coincidentally is right where I'm at. It's two and a half, down. the yeah. third on the way. Right. But you know, it's it's one of those things where people just can't afford it anymore. You start stacking no. all these things on top of each other. Mind you, these boomers that have been successful in business, not not these big giant student loan debt. Even if they went to college, it wasn't nearly the cost of what it was. We've talked about this before. Getting into their home was such an easy, inexpensive task. Interest rates were a little higher 20, 30 years ago, 
but you know, you've seen housing skyrocket to where it's three times the value of what it was when they bought. If that was the case now, the home I'm in now would be worth 1.2 when I go when, <laughs> I know. You know, 30 years from now, which is nice. just ridiculous. It doesn't work that way. Um, so, so I think we're on this, this, this article doesn't really get into it deep, but that's part of what we're doing here. It's pure speculation, yeah. but we are, spe- I'm speculating that this is kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the thing that's kind of like teetering on the brink of disaster for our economy. Like you're right. Forget, forget the, the, the long-term shutdowns, forget the, the stock market, forget, you know, who just was elected president. And, and according to most it's Joe Biden. Right. Uh, yep. But, um, it, but forget all that. It's going to be the implications of these long-term effects of a, of an economy that is changing every, every day. It's, it's, it's not what we recognize anymore. Um, so I, I don't know how we can, we can grow out of this recession long-term if the boomers are looking to exit, you know, because they're going to be taking not only, uh, if they, and if they do decide to stick around longer, they're going to be, they're going to, they're, they mentioned that in the article, they're going back into the job market. I know. What does that mean? Less available jobs for everybody else. Yeah. And that's the thing is I worry that like our generation is going to be one of the first where like, we're going to get kind of screwed with this, where I feel like down towards retirement time, when we're looking for that, it's like everything we knew about how to live your life the right way. It's, it's going to be false to us now. I'm, I'm glad you said that Phil, because I I agree with you a hundred percent. And that's what I want to start getting more into here with our website and the, the podcast, because there are a lot of lessons I'm learning along the way that right. are untraditional ways of stacking cash, yeah. untraditional ways of saving for retirement. And I've talked to, we've had Ryan Kirsten on the, the, the show before. Yep. We've talked about those cash value life insurance policies. And when you really break it down, I just got done reading a great book yesterday about the topic. And it's like the the safest way is to is to stack cash in your cash value life insurance. And that's a, right. the thing that we've never even heard of. And most financial advisors won't even tell you about because they don't make money off of it because yeah. um, they're not managing these accounts. But these are things that, you know, that are going to play into how we as individuals, as a younger generation, the way we have to start thinking and taking opportunity and taking advantage of these opportunities, because really we broke it down in a previous episode, Phil, that hidden leg up, you know, and, and the way that, that the, the older generations are trying to take care of younger generations. Well, this article is telling me that those generate that the boomer generation is not equipped to be doing that and they can't do it in mass and they cannot do it to the point where it can take care of the younger generations. Yeah. And I I think a lot of times with the boomers, they they just want to take care of their family. And I understand that, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't almost don't understand what they're doing when they're helping out that much. They don't realize how much they're kind of hurting themselves. And I, I mean, again, like I think things have changed so much from when they were growing up that like they 
they don't know how bad it can be. They're not recognizing the fact that this is happening and that right. basically the wealth that was expected to be passed or trickled down to the next generation, it's rapidly evaporating and it doesn't appear that younger generations will be able to facilitate the engine to drive the economy beyond you know what they will be provided by previous generations. If that's not a large chunk of what's going to come in, you know, it, from from whether they be small businesses or you know maybe some savings or maybe life insurance policies that are going to be passed down, like if that that's not there. This economy cannot withstand the long haul. It's going to be very different, guys. And this is something that you know is not on people's radar. They're not talking nope. about this. We're so blinded by those hot button issues that are going on that we ignore simple retirement planning. Right. And even for boomers, I mean, you know, they're they're not only depleting their savings, but they're also you know they're they're really not focused on retirement as much as they thought they were. This generation yeah, that we it. thought was prepared for retirement may not be. You know, it's in this article they tell us that roughly twenty percent of non prime boomers. Uh, who said, meaning not the primary household earner, uh, said they had retirement accounts. That's down from 36% a year ago. 38% of boomers with the prime being the prime credit rating and the primary breadwinner, um, said that they had retirement accounts that's down from 45% last year. So you know what this is telling me, Phil, What's that? this is telling me that these people are either entering retirement and depleting those funds. Yeah. They're, they're, they're taking out the money. And now that retirement account they did have is non-existent. Right. Or it's telling me something else. It's telling me that as the younger boomers start to rise up the ranks or as, as, as things change, they didn't have saving. They didn't save for retirement. They, they, yeah. they, they, this was kind of an older plan and maybe, maybe a lot of the jobs that you saw, a lot of the things that, you know, companies were focused on providing for their, uh, their, their employees yeah. kind of just went away. So I, I think I'm going to go with kind of the, the argument of, um, depleting the, I think that, the, I think you're right. The, the retirement accounts to where those no are, are no longer a thing, um, which is which is also really really scary because yeah. they are supposed to be the ones who are saving for retirement and you're telling me that not even half of those people have those accounts which means that they're completely relying on social security to get them through the next 20 30 years of life yeah and what happens when they do run out of money and they still have let's say another 10 years of life left or so who's going to take care of them are there you're going, going to yeah it, it, it's time to time to pay out but we're being told that that you know this They're, money was given to them by their parents in the first place you're relying on the fact that it's going to get better you're 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 banking on the fact that your kids now are going to repay you for the money they borrowed or from the, the, the assistance you provided with them or that they are going to find a way to make it work and this is where you're going to see we it, it goes on a lot already as it is three generations living together yeah it's 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 maybe the youngest kid living with mom and dad who are also taking care of their their older boomer parents i mean that's that's Could the be. reality of what we're getting to it's we're starting to see that that shift where the boomers the boomers were 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 bearing the brunt of that for a while and it drained them. Yeah. It really did. It drained them. It's not a sustainable model. 
and how we don't recognize that is beyond me. I'm really confused I, by that, Phil. I almost think so. I, I think a lot of people do recognize it, but they just think like- They're in denial? Well, yeah, I think they think we'll be okay. It, we'll figure out a way. We always have. We'll figure out a way. Retirement is different than anything else. They don't They don't realize that they are living in the struggle state, right? Yeah. That's almost, that, that's almost like what it feels like. They don't understand that it's happening while it's happening. You're, you know, uh, my buddy Mike Stabley made this analogy on the, the podcast a few weeks ago. He said, uh-huh. it's like the, the frog in the boiling water. Oh. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you, you slowly turn up the heat and by then it's too late. You right. know, he, he's, he just sits there and takes it until he's, uh, till he's burnt to a crisp. We're all taking it. How long do you think people can hold out? You know, because it talks about this, it, people are trying to either, you know, reinvent their businesses or they're going to have to sell and how long before they just have to completely fold it before they, they, they call it quits. And, you know, we're, we're, we've seen the government's inability to act on another round of a stimulus package, which right. I think people are really hurting for right now. Um, especially as we get closer and closer to the holidays. Um, how's that spending going to be looking? You I, know, I think a lot of people are going to be screwed. If we hit another round of the, these shutdowns and they don't, and we're, the government isn't giving us the sufficient money that we need to survive, I think that will be the kind of like the knockout punch for everybody because a lot of people are already hanging on by a thread. And um, it, it's it's really, I think we're going to see a lot of different things in the economy in the next couple of years. Oh yeah. Huge. And you, you got to be, if you're, if you're approaching retirement age, you got to be kind of, you know, you got to be somewhat worried right now. You got to be thinking be. like, like, how, do I have enough to make it last long term? What other ways can I go about doing it? Because I mean, let's be honest, it's all about timing. Imagine, yeah. imagine Phil, if you were sitting back in December of 2019 and you had just sold your business, right? How good do you feel about that right now? Amazing. A day, a day late, a buck short, if you didn't get out in time and, and those people who bought those businesses at the end of the, the fiscal year last year, they, uh, they, they must have be, they must be kicking themselves. I mean, it's like yeah. when you buy a stock price or you buy a stock and like two days later, it completely shits the bed. And you're thinking to yourself, if I would have just waited 24 hours, I would not be in this position. Like you have to know what's going on. You, you have to be aware of what's happening in this economy, especially right now, because there are so many unknowns moving forward. I, I think the beginning of 2021 is a very, very odd time for this country. Yeah. And I, I, the sad part is, is I don't think people will like take this as a learning lesson. I think if you don't think so, I I think some will, but I think there's going to be a lot of people out there where if things do end up leveling out a little bit and going back to normal a bit, I think, uh, it's like kind of out of sight, out of mind where it's like, go back to living their life normally. And then you know, this can happen again. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of like how easily we forget, you know what yeah. I mean? And 2008 was not very long ago, right. 12 years ago, but it feels like we never learned our lesson. You're seeing the, um, you know, I don't know how anybody can look at the housing market and be like, yeah, this is, this looks about right. This is, I, this is normal. This I'm is where scared. housing pricing should be. And you know, it's, it's, your, your, your people, people are getting into the, and it's great because the interest rates are low, borrow, borrow away. I mean, that's what people are doing. It's money is yeah. cheap. Let's, let's grab it. But like, did you, do you have equity in your home? Like those, those loans, you got it. You got to end up, you got to put 20% down. I mean, that's, that's yeah. my, 
that's the only thing I can really recommend in those situations because it, things can things can crash tomorrow. You got to be prepared for those rainy days. And when you're all in on a business, you know, you got you see a lot of people kind of playing that scared game. They they they're they in the article they mentioned that instead of you know completely ducking out and, and saying I'm going to sell the business, they're going to hold on a little bit longer. But you know. They're downsizing. They're yeah. eliminating staff positions. They are uh, they are reducing their overhead in hopes of you know being a little more profitable in the years to come. Um, I I don't know if, if that's if that's a good thing for the economy or a bad thing because all small businesses, I'll tell you, the last ten years, our attitude has been grow, 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 grow. Yeah. Putting money back into the business and really making sure long-term we have something there. But I'll tell you what, when this shutdown happened, I was thinking my lucky stars, we weren't bigger than we actually are. Right. I I totally agree with you. And I think you're going to see that across the board. And again, I don't know what that means for the economy though. It's, it's so hard to tell right now because we we still, I don't know about you, but to me, I still haven't seen a huge like shift in things from the COVID shutdown. Like you're you're seeing little things here and there, but you haven't seen that giant drop off that I'm waiting for. To what you're you're saying, like the effects of it going into place. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right because it's it takes a long time for that to happen. Um, it, you 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 saw the jobs numbers though. You saw the unemployment rate kind of stay. Uh, it, it's dropping, but at a slower rate than it was the previous three months. You got a lot of people who just don't want to get back into the workforce. You have yeah. situations where people are still funding their businesses right now through loans they received, and they are you know you're holding on. It's going to take a, a, at least a year before we see these effects. And yeah. how long until you know? We're, we're talking about the CARES Act that had people protected from being booted from their homes. Now, I don't know what the plan is, but if you owe your landlord like eight, nine grand from what's been piling up and you don't have a path to how to play, pay that <laughs> right. back, people people are literally sitting back, Phil, just not paying their bills because they know there's no repercussions. Good luck kicking me out of my home. You're not going to do it. I don't care if you rent. I don't care if you buy you are not going to be kicked out of your home though. And they, and people know that. So if you know that, what is your incentive to pay? Which means you're buried even further down in a hole than you've ever been before. And these are going to be, these are going to be places for people that they're unfamiliar with unfamiliar territory. People who were, who were, you know, paying bills on time, who were, who were financially savvy to a certain extent, all of a sudden they're going to be put in a really bad position that they're not used to being. And if that's happening to your average person, then what's happening to the people who are already struggling? Those people that they, you hear have, don't have $300 in savings. Like that is the grim reality of it because the the additional stimulus money for unemployment has dried up. And then the stimulus checks that everybody thought were coming before the election won't. And I got to be honest, I don't see Trump doing anything in the next two months to really push that through. Um, I think he's going to be, it's going to be sour grapes. Sorry, (laughs) American people. You guys don't want me anymore. I'm not going to push this through. I'm not going to fight for you. I think that's going to be the attitude a little bit. I think it's a wait time for a wake up call. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll end up getting there eventually, whether we're like forced into it or we do it voluntarily, but it's, it'll come. And I think we're all just going to have to kind of, uh, adjust, but I would definitely say that start thinking of that plan B start making that black backup plan. If you haven't already, 
because uh, things are going to be changing. Things are going to be changing, Phil. But I think if you if you if you put yourself in the right position, you might you might uh, benefit from the opportunity that's out there. Could because when you're talking about people selling businesses on the cheap, that means there's opportunity to get in and be your own boss at some point. I I yeah. will always 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 preach the path to entrepreneurship. Right. That is where you find financial freedom. It's going to be very difficult to achieve that in any other sector of work that you go into. Working for somebody else is only going to get you so far, right? Yeah. There to be in control of your own de- destiny is it goes a long ways because you can make these money moves that you couldn't in a regular position. So if I if I look at where confidence is right now, you've got fifty percent, fifty seven percent of buyers who believe they can buy a business for a better value than last year compared to seventy seventeen percent the year before. That means there's a huge opportunity there. That's that's a that's a that's a reality. We we hear people talking about that. And what else is cheap right now, Phil? Money. Yeah, it's cheap to borrow money. You're talking about getting. You know, a lot of people say like you know when they start their own businesses, um, where do you get the money from? Where, how do you, how do you find the, the, uh, the cash to borrow all that, that money to buy a business? Well, you're usually financing it much like you right. would a mortgage or any, a mortgage on a home or anything else. Um, but even I, this is hard to really, I, I'm not a big fan of using your house as a line of credit or yeah. taking out a home equity loan, basically. Um, but with money so cheap and with housing pricing the way it is right now, if you can if you can leverage, you know, a little bit of money on your house to go in and purchase a business at a three percent interest rate, I mean, you're setting yourself up. Especially if there's deals out there, there are opportunities to set yourself up for life. Yeah, the, no, look I at that as like the winning lotto ticket. Quit buying, quit spending money on those scratch offs, Phil. I know you spend money on scratch offs. I'd stop anymore. it. <laughs> no, and, that, and that's the thing. That is can't that, be your retirement plan. No, and you know what? I we're actually in the process of uh, refinancing our home loan right now because the to get the better rates, interest rate. Yeah, and it. From but you're not doing it, it to pull out money. No. Okay. No. That, there's a big difference there. Right. There's yeah. a big difference so there. But because the interest rates are so low, that's where we're like, might as well. Yeah, I talked to my. I, I actually talked to my. Uh, home lender a couple days ago uh-huh. and we are at 4.25% on our current um, interest rate. And he said, basically to me, he goes, if you're going to be in your home for yeah. 10 months or longer, right. it makes sense to refinance. Yeah. So think about that guys right now, if you're sitting at a loan at a loan at about four and a quarter or higher to refinance right now is going to uh, reduce your payment yeah. significantly. Uh-huh. I mean, one percent interest on you know uh, uh, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar loan is a big deal. Like you right. should be looking to for ways to get creative and save that money, um, or pull money out and go buy a business. I mean, there's there's opportunity out there, and I think those opportunities are only going to increase over time because you've got the boomers who will continue to be exiting the uh, the small business sector, and it's going to create opportunity for the younger generations. Don't sit back and just be satisfied with being a, a, a Grubhub delivery guy or you know uh, an Uber driver because yeah. those jobs are shaky too. Yeah, go start your own Uber or uh, Grubhub. 
Go go get those businesses. Get that business. Yep. So there's always going to be creative ways for you guys to look at the economy as a whole. Retirement is a huge, huge part of this. And you know, really be really be smart about the way you approach money and think about things in our economy because it's changing constantly. And I think, you know, the more you're informed now, the better you'll be in the long term. And it's never too late to start either. I think this is a this is a great learning experience for us too when we sit down yeah. and actually talk about it and get it out there. So, you know, stay with strugglestate.com and keep tuning in to Pure Speculation. New episodes out every Monday. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. If you want to, if you have got ideas for the shows, feel free to reach out to us at any time. We're always interested. We want to talk to you guys and do not forget the struggle is real. <laughs>